Isaiah, thank you for that. We'll talk to you coming up later on in the show. Right now, though, it's time for our first community segment of the day, talking truck tech with Alan Adler. And this is the plugging into hydrogen edition, which is like an oxymoron, right? Plugging in electric, but hydrogen, not really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we have a, a company here that's just not named properly. That's the mm. real issue. Um, Plug Power has been around about 23 years. Um, I didn't get into how they managed to name themselves that. The executive I spoke with didn't know either. He said, when I joined the company 10 years ago, he said, I asked the same question. We looked at changing it, but we felt there was probably too much brand equity. So we didn't do it. Okay. So Plug Power is really sort of an ecosystem company that, uh, you know, makes hydrogen. It uh, makes electrolyzers. It builds fuel cells. Um, all of these things are, are critical to the hydrogen economy. Plug power is interesting because, and this is something I sort of discovered in talking to um, uh, uh, Jose Luis Crispo, uh, who is uh, their top sales guy and, and uh, development guy. And he said that basically, or he confirmed for me and I asked, he said, you know, we actually have a hydrogen infrastructure in this country. Between Amazon and Walmart, you've got 170 uh hydrogen distribution points. Now, granted, these are for forklifts. They're not for full-size trucks, but it would not be an amazingly heavy lift to create some sort of distribution for hydrogen trucks at these locations. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I thought it was fascinating, and it was a bit of a sort of who knew kind of question that came up this week. And Alan, when we're looking at the advancements, of course, in hydrogen and, of course, moving past that, have there been any kind of government incentives and in really kind of helping us move along that route? Oh, boy. That's a big one. Yes. There's uh, about $13 billion, Anthony, that uh, is in the Inflation Reduction Act, um, you know, focus on hydrogen. The biggest piece of that is a 10-year uh, subsidy for making green hydrogen, green hydrogen being zero emission hydrogen. There's a whole rainbow of colors associated with hydrogen we won't go into here. But green hydrogen essentially is, is made with renewables, and therefore it does not have any kind of carbon uh, footprint. And the government in, in the IRA is saying you can get a $3 per kilogram subsidy for making green hydrogen. Well, that's going to bring a lot of people into the business uh, right there. And it's probably the biggest thing that has happened to hydrogen in terms of turning it into a fuel or, or really using it for any number of other purposes. I mean, you can make steel with hydrogen. You can use it to make ammonia. You can do a lot of things. Um, but for the area that we talk about most often, the fueling area, it is a great opportunity and it's something that probably will be one of those boosts to hydrogen that quite honestly, it's never had. So with this now, we see those government incentives, as you mentioned, from the Inflation Reduction Act. Do we think that we start to see any OEMs really start to target some maybe drop-in solutions for hydrogen fuels? I know there's a couple where you say, okay, you've got this internal combustion engine. It can run on a variety of different things. Does that start to become industry standard where it's kind of, you know, choose your own adventure? I, Kelly, it does, but only in a in a transition kind of way, because if you burn hydrogen, you're still going to create some level of emissions. OK, um, granted, a lot lower than you would with diesel or gasoline. But um, Cummins is advocating, especially Cummins, is advocating the use of hydrogen as what you described as a drop in fuel. They have an engine 
uh, coming in 2027 and uh, that will run on hydrogen. It's basically the same X15 15 liter engine that they run today on diesel, but they're they're gone with what they call fuel agnostic. So they can uh, do natural gas with it. We have an item in the newsletter this week about the first runs of those. Walmart again is testing those and doing a little bit of a of a nationwide tour with that. Um, you know, we're that's like a 2024 advancement off this engine, and then hydrogen in 27, and a few other fuels that that uh, you know are possible. But these are probably interim solutions, because if you really want to get to a net zero environment, you're not going to be able to burn anything for fuel. Um, but this would be a good transition uh, sort of thing. And, and again, Cummins especially is pushing it really hard. And Alan, can you tell us about some of the pushback that we're hearing from California in regards to the autonomous driver situation? Yes. Um, it's been going on uh, for a little while now. And, and California is one of eight states, Anthony, that uh, uh, does not allow autonomous trucking, that is, without a safety driver. So you can't test the vehicles there. And you ultimately, they're seeking to ban it. This is largely a union-led effort. Um, you know, the, the, call, the call is a fear of lost jobs. But really, you know, when the industry pushes back, as it has now, in a significant way, they're saying, look, we're not getting rid of jobs. And you've heard this before. We're not getting rid of jobs. We're going to create different jobs and arguably better jobs in a way. If, if you think about, you know, last mile work is something that you can go home at night, uh, long haul trucking, you might spend two weeks on the road. So, uh, you know, it's it's mostly uh, a, a union led thing in California. There there was a hearing this week. I did not listen into it. Uh, no action coming from it. But but it was interesting that the um, Autonomous Vehicle Industry Association, uh, and you can see the massive logos behind that uh, in the newsletter today. Uh, you know, they, they really are pushing back hard to say, look, you guys just aren't looking at this the right way. Editorial in the Orange County Register um, this week, basically calling it union, union feather bedding. Um, you know, so I think, you know, the sides are being drawn and, and uh, we'll see what, what comes out. But it's ironic in some senses that California, which was the home to so many of these autonomous software development companies, won't allow them to be driven on their roads. Um, 42 states are, have some level of testing or, or don't have any issues with with having autonomous vehicles. And again, you know, this doesn't get to the ultimate, uh, which will be, you know, federal regulations, hopefully, you know, one set of standards for everything. But uh, but yeah, it's it's California is just that way, you know. <laughs> the the sentence of the year with the understatement of the year. California is just that way. This is interesting to me, right? Because as you mentioned, that's kind of that hotbed of where a lot of these companies live and do their operations. So why would they not let it in their home state? Alan, do you think that we start to see any of other states maybe adopt this mindset? We know that typically like California and New Jersey are similarly aligned on their thought processes. Well, it's a little different, Kaylee, um, than some of the emission regulations. I think that's you're referring to, you know, you know the California Resources Board has really turned the screws hard on the whole idea of emissions. There are a number of states that have followed and accepted and said that, you know, we're going to use those those rules. Um, not so much in this case, though. Uh, the few holdouts are places like Alaska, and I, I don't know how much autonomous trucking uh, it will ultimately be needed in Alaska since I haven't been there in a long, long time. But I, I would say that um, generally it's moving in, in a positive direction. California is the significant holdout, though. Alan, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Of course, Truck Tech, the newsletter comes out shortly, but you also have a show. When can people catch that? 
Next week, uh, Wednesdays, 4 o'clock Eastern, um, our scheduled guest next week, our one is a Freightways favorite, Thomas Healy from Hylion uh, uh, Holdings, and also Parker Meeks, who is the new CEO of Hyzon Motors. The two of them are working together on a fuel cell application for the Hypertruck ERX. So it'll be good to have both of them on the show next week. All right, Alan, thank you for joining us. We'll catch Truck Tech this afternoon, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Right now, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with more Fruit Roots Now.